When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Joel Sked and I'm delighted to be joined by Amy Canavan. How is it going, Amy? It's going well, Joel. I'm delighted to be doing yet another podcast with you. Yes, we are, we're swapping positions after a Hearts podcast recorded earlier today for another media outlet. Who could it be? Hmm. Yes, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. You were host, I was one of the guests and... You were the best guest, Joel. You were the best guest. Oh, that was, that, that's very kind. That's very um, kind. I'm in safe knowledge that Gary Locke is not listening to this podcast, so... No. And if he is, <laughs> then I'm in big, big trouble. Yeah, I don't think Gary Locke's going to be listening to, <laughs> listening to us. Even if, he was, even if he was a terrorist listener, he's like, well, I've had enough of these two jokers today, <laughs> so let's let's skip that. You've still not been able to get your camera fixed, which is, uh, which I think would be a reprimand from Craig Fowler. I know. I'm hoping that he actually might just listen to this before I end up messaging him and he can just sort of deal with the consequences by himself. But I think for all involved, it's probably best that, the, that my camera is not on. I'm really looking forward to doing more podcasts, though, knowing that my camera's not working because then I can probably just get an extra 30 minutes in my bed tomorrow. So that's, a, that's the excitement that's getting me through tonight. Yes, because you said you would have done it in your PJs if you knew this was going to be the case. Not not now. Yeah, you've uh, this no, is six no, 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 no. Six yeah. o'clock in the evening. This is six this o'clock morning. in the evening, Joel. I, I would have I would have put clothes on by by now. But this morning when we recorded at the the early hour of ten a.m. while it was still dark outside, uh, I would absolutely have done that in my in my PJs. And you know, if anyone judged me, then that's on them. Well, we're not here to judge you. We're not here to talk about pyjamas. We're here to discuss the top 10 premiership signings of the season. And I actually believe this is a main show when uh, when Phil wow. told me this. Yeah, I got a wee knot in the stomach. The premium offering, the big time, the pressure. Might actually need to sort of know what we're talking about, Joel. I know. Uh, oh. We'll see how we go. But uh, mm. like I said, we were, as, as I said, we're going to talk, talk about the top 10 premiership signings. So you're unlikely to hear the following names. Or Dadia, Reese Williams, Gustavic Lagerbeekle, Marco Tilio, Nat Phillips, Luke Anderson, Marcel Lewis, Odella Faya, Riley Harpole, Miles Welch Hayes, Ollie Shaw, Davor Zadfakoski, Sam Lammers, Scott High, Luke Jeffcott, Dave Richards, Scott Timland, and Stav Namani. Oh, I had six of them, Joe. You had six of them. There are six, six of them were on my list. Oh no, no. Um, there was a remarkable amount. And sorry, there was a remarkable amount of Celtic players on that list. Um, which ironically, I'll just say it from the outset in case anyone um sort of tunes out. I actually had zero Celtic players on my top ten until I realised that I was probably missing quite a glaring one. 
Uh, yes. I thought it could, yeah. I thought it could only be Paolo Bernardo, and I was sitting going, "Oh, I really don't want to put him in. He's only had um, he's he's only had maybe like two, two, three okayish games." I completely forgot about the the obvious one who the, has managed to shoot quite high up the list, but he yes. went from not existing on the list. See, that's how that's uh, there are no biases on the show, Joel. There is, uh, I mean, I've um, if I've got very, very high. I mean, I, I read out, I think I read out three Celtic players there. I could have read out six, such as um, Celtic's recruitment over the summer. And off all those names that I read out, I think I don't know, there might be fifteen, uh, maybe twenty there. Two of them are just are not uh, involved in the Scottish Premiership. I plucked them from um, a reality TV show, and I let I let the get a little guess uh, listeners guess who the two are. So, oh, amazing. without uh, without the way, <laughs> let's get to it. We'll go from ten to one. We're we're, we're doing the uh, we're doing the top ten rather than the top twelve. So we'll go ten to one. Who is your number ten, Amy? See, I like that you've um, outlined that there that we're doing ten and not twelve. Not that I thought of twelve, but I really wanted to try and, and limit it to sort of one per team. Yeah, I and, couldn't do that. Yeah, no, neither could I. Particularly when I had no one from Celtic. So then I was in two minds that, that when I realised who I'd forgot, the natural course of action would have been to take out my number 10. I didn't do that, though. Okay. Because I quite liked the reason why I had number 10. My number 10 is Matty Kennedy. Okay. Uh-huh. Show you so, working. Yeah, I will show you my working, Joel. Uh, that's how I got all my uh, marks and maths at school. So Danny Armstrong, rightly so, has all the praise heaped on him, uh, time and time again, week in, week out for Kilmarnock. But I think this season, uh, well, Danny Armstrong, quite simply, does not fall into this list because he wasn't signed this season. Mm-hmm. So get out of the, the train of thought. But Matt Kennedy on the opposite flank, I think, has been very, very, uh, very solid for, for Kelly. So for so many years, I don't know the last time that I actually watched Kilmarnock that they could effectively sort of play through the middle. Everything has to come from out wide and that's why last season it was all about Danny Armstrong because he was he could do it but now it's been shared and I think it's no coincidence that that is why uh, Kelly are a, a much more well-rounded all-round machine he has 38 dribbles this term only Yuan has uh, has more than him in division uh, he's also scored maybe a decent and crucial goal or two um, but I also <laughs> just think he's a really nice guy and that's why, you know, as long as if you're a good guy, you're on my list. No, Matt Kennedy, I think, has been um, has been one that I probably didn't think would be quite so successful at Kilmarnock and is, is what it has been. Yeah, I, Matt Kennedy's not on my list. I've got a Kelly player and I did consider Kennedy. It was interesting with, with Kelly because I looked at their summer business and as a whole, Kelly's summer business was pretty good. You, you look at you look at the, the, the players that they signed and... Just about everyone has, everyone has kind of contributed in a positive way. Uh, Robbie Dees has been a good signing, as you said. Kennedy, Kyle McGinnis probably would have got into the top ten if he'd stayed fit. Lewis Mayo didn't consider because it was a loan made permanent, so that was kind of for everyone. Then you've got like Will Dennis has been good between the sticks. Stuart Finlay, uh, I think he's, he's he's been he's been decent to good without being without being great as maybe reaching the heights he was before. And Corey and Dabba as well has been. Has been positive, so yeah, Kennedy was definitely one I considered. I found so my I've only got one Kelly player on the list, and he's. Uh, I have he's, another one. Oh, do you? Yeah, uh, I do. I've, but you go. I've, so mine's is ninth. Oh. So I'm, I might as well just say him now. Is Marley? Is Marley Watkins? And 
the show, the, the reason I've not got any Kelly player yeah, quite high. Yeah, you explain your, your workings. Yeah, the reason I've not got any Kelly player uh, really high is because I think it's been a, it's been a collective rather than a, a, than a massive uh, standout uh, performer. Look at you being a team player. I know, I know. And with Watkins, is the ultimate team player because he does so much running and I watch him and do I think he's great? No, I think he's I think he's okay. I think he's a type of he's the type of forward most teams in the Premiership need. But I think he's been really effective. Without he's, he's not put loads of numbers up on up on the board. He has got four four goals in twenty Premiership games. But he's a type of player who gives you in the in the final third more than just goals. He gives you so much effort. He's just he's a pain in the arse to play against. He's a nuisance. I think. I think there's been maybe a lacking consistency with him and Kel Vassell. Kel Vassell seems to have been in and out with just with one thing or another. Uh, but they are they're a handful, and I think kind of Watkins is. I'm going to say epitomises Kamarnik because they're more than just like uh, hard work. But I think he is. Um, I think he's been a good signing for Kamarnik, and he's he's been an important player in the in in the final third, or as, uh, as kind of in the attack. But the reason I've not got many higher is because I just can't justify putting Marley Rockins <laughs> high up in the list. He's fine. He's fine. Because he's, he's just okay. fine. Because yeah, he's, he's fine. okay. He's fine. He's my fine. Uh, my other Kelly player is not until six, so I will Ooh. hold fire for now. I know very very high. I must admit that I have been influenced by my uh, my friend, my dear friend, and my counterpart, my colleague. Sean McGill, who is uh, Kelly Daft, and I have to say he was trying to get me to also put in a little bit of uh, Marley Watkins, and I refused. So he'll be absolutely delighted that not only you've put him in, but it also uh, justifies his reasoning and it sort of proves me wrong. So who did you have at 10th then? Who's who's slightly fine or worse okay than, than Watkins? <laughs> so this, this, this player is... This player is a much better footballer than Marley Watkins, in, in my view, but... He the reason he is tenth is because of his transfer fee, and that is Dylan Venti. Oh, wow! Okay, I have no hips players. Okay, so yeah, I, I, I was I was toying with whether to. I can completely understand that, Amy, because I was toying with whether to include <laughs> I one bet or you not. Can. Yeah, <laughs> he was the only one that. He was the only one that really stood out as uh, a consideration. I really like Venti. I think he's a really intelligent player. The reason he's he's tenth is that he's with a player that costs so much. You'd want a better return than yeah. his three league goals Yikes. from eighteen games. So yeah, that's not not great. But I think context. Uh, there needs to be context here because, in the same way that, for example, like Shankland when he's at Dundee United, he was he was fantastic in the Premiership. But he didn't get the goals just because the team weren't set up to allow him to score those goals. And I get that feeling with Dylan Venti. I think he's a really intelligent player. I think he's a really good technical player. But his issue is, is that he's often too far from goal. And that's just the way that Hibs play under Nick Montgomery to get the, the, the best out of him. That's fair. That is fair. So, yeah, that's... Uh, that, that's it's democratic the, of you, though. Yeah, I, I wanted... Uh, I, I, again, I want, like you, I was trying to get... 10, uh, 10 players from 10 different teams but it will approve a couple of teams have just had terrible summers or just not uh, not great summers with uh, recruitment but I do think Dylan Venti's a good player I do think he is probably worth uh, he might prove to be worth his, his fee at the moment 
needs to score more goals, but you can tell there's there's talent there that if there's a Hibs, player in there, there's a player in there, just like you said. Who's who's number eight for you? Uh, I'm not my number nine. Um, oh, number nine. Sorry, I, I, yeah, yeah, you're number no, nine. No, sorry, no, sorry, sorry. not at all, not at all. Um, we could probably quite quickly skip to number eight. I have went for number nine uh, again, very much in the mantra of wanting to, you know, try and and, and cover all teams. I've went Zach Hemming. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've not got a St Mirren player, but he is probably the one you I yeah. would you you you'd, you'd, you would include. So it's kind of it's in similar vein with Venti. It's kind of like a toss of the coin that right. So they've probably not had a great sort of summer transfer window. There's there's a few clubs that fall into that because, and I know you'll have ran into the same problem that you looked at them. And some you just go absolutely not. I cannot justify any of them. And I could probably just just about justify a lot of justs in there why Zach Hemming can can make this list like replacing a keeper of. Trevor Carson's ability is is not easy, mm-hmm. um, and I think St Mirren have, have probably done just about as well as they could do in in, in trying to do that. I think Hemmings made seventy saves this season, only behind Ross Laidlaw and Dean Sarmitov. Uh, he's got a save percentage of seventy one point one, sounds pretty high to me. And then to be honest, even like not not just on a recency bias, because I think. Fowler and I done one of these lists or sort of like who's been a decent start to the season or something like that and I think Hemming was potentially mentioned mm-hmm. not maybe in the list but sort of like an honourable mention but even just you know that last game before the break against Celtic if it's not for him you know it's probably six seven eight that day there was there was a lot of really really strong saves and, and strings of saves at the same time I like him um, the fans really like him as well which I think is, is certainly helping him. He, he seems to have settled in really, really well, which isn't always easy for goalkeepers. Um, as we've seen, obviously, it helps when the the one you're sort of following, filling in, is, is completely left, and he's not just kicking around in the background. But I think I, I remember I was doing something for work, and I think a fan called him superhuman. So I will have superhuman Zach Hemming in my top ten at ninth. Yeah, I've probably I've probably been a wee bit harsh on him leaving uh, leaving Zach Hemming out because I think you make a really good point in that he has replaced Trevor Carson, who was excellent last season. Big gloves to fill, and he is look just just looking at stats in terms of like goals prevented and save percentages, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, he is one of the best performing goalkeepers in the league. So yeah, I, I think I think he justifies a place in the top ten, just not my top ten. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll take that one. So you've got, that's your nine. Who's your eight? So my eight, uh, I'll be completely honest. This is way, So I realised, as I say, I realised that I didn't have uh, any Celtic players. Go me. And I did have to think, right, who am I taking out? So I'm taking my original, who I had at eight. I originally had Jamie McGrath. You are completely uh, slide tackled out of this list completely, Jamie. Cheerio. So that means everyone has to sort of shift down until I decide where I'm putting in the Celtic player. So at number seven, I will go Dimitar Mitov. Oh, as low as that? Well, he was originally at seven, Joel, but then I forgot a Celtic player. So uh, maybe, maybe should have had Mitov ahead of who I have at six and considering what we've already said. Maybe, yeah. But I've said it now. So at seventh years, given your your slight shock, I don't think I need to justify myself too much then. I'm maybe more mean to justify why. Oh, no, shit. Now he's down to eighth, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, bugger. Oh, why? Right, okay. Oh, I don't really want him that low. But Dimitar, I'm very sorry. I I certainly had him in that, that list Fowler and I done. 
about who are the, the sort of the best starts of the season. I think, you know, in the very, very dark days of St. Johnson, he was the sole bright light. Yes. Like Hemming, he's kept them in games. He certainly kept them in more games than Hemming. He, he saved their bacon more times than I've probably, well, it's more times than I've had bacon because I don't like bacon. And I think he has, he, he kind of provided or made sure there was still a platform basically for, for Levine to come in and kind of build on. He has a league high, 74 saves, a 73.3 save percentage rate. Check me with these stats. And he also just seems really good laugh. I've not done media with him, but he, he always comes across quite well. And my favourite thing, which has him, which really should parachute him higher up this list, is he revealed that he had to Google Craig Levine, and that really made me laugh. Oh, let's let's see what comes up. <laughs> uh, so if you type in Craig Levine into Google, uh, oh no, that's skewed because I've typed in... You've, you've had so many times. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> My last one was uh, Craig Levine, Neil Janchek. <laughs> Craig Levine, oh, so Craig Levine, his top ones, top stats, are, so, uh, so top, uh, top results for search are Craig Levine stats, Craig Levine St. Johnson, Craig Levine regrets... Craig Levine manager stats, Craig Levine Michael Stewart, and Craig Levine heart attack. I am most oh. I am most intrigued by Craig Levine regrets. <laughs> oh, of Simon course, Mikey Stewart. Of course, what 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 am I, what am I doing? It's the uh, regrets. No, it's uh, it's a good laugh. It's isn't a it? meme. Yeah, of course. Uh, so yeah, no no four six zero anything. So that's um, that's interesting. But yeah, uh, that's uh, that that's cool that you had to um, Google Craig Levine. It is, and he admitted that, and I think. Good on you, pal. Good on you. Yeah, absolutely. So where would you have Mitov? Because I gather you have him. <laughs> have him a, a, a lot hell, higher. I, I have him a hell of a lot higher. So I'll speak. I'll speak about him when oh. um, when we come to. It. <laughs> oh. I am going for this. This will be. Um, I reckon this will be a a surprise, and people may be angry with it, especially if they are Dundee orientated. But my number eight is Owen Beck. Oh, Joel, for the love of God! Yes, I know. I've got I've got a Dundee. Player I have him, number. and I have him a hell of a lot higher. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. But let me explain myself. So the so the top ten Premiership signings, he's been a brilliant signing, and Gary Cocker. I've just the I've subscribed to Gary Cocker's newsletter on the Herald about Dundee and it is I encourage anyone even not a Dundee fan to subscribe to it because it's always a really good read uh, he's a great writer he's a funny writer and he has spent a lot of words column inches on Owen Beck so even if I hadn't watched Owen Beck I've got an appreciation of Owen Beck he's been fantastic and he has uh, I think I kind of understand being had comparisons to when Andy Robertson was at Dundee United he's a two-way player he's technically very good you can you, sometimes you well often you have players that come up from England who a lot of their time has been spent in what Premier League 2 or whatever that nonsense is and you just think they just can't handle Scottish football you just and need to look at the comparison to that Aberdeen boy the one you mentioned in your list, who is not in a reality show. Oh, yes. Reece, yeah, Reese Wilson. <laughs> yes. uh, William, sorry. William, uh, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, there's, but you can, you can just, you can tell straight away that he's got something about him. The way he carries himself, just, he just, he's, he's so direct and positive, which is always, always a massive, I always think that's, tells you a lot about a player who is decisive. I've watched enough of players like wingers at, at Hearts who, get the ball, and they're so unsure of what they're going to do. Owen Beck kind of knows what he's going to do, and he's, he's elevated Dundee, and considering he's only played, what, 
11 first team games before coming to Dundee. He's 21. I'm always always a wee bit of a red flag about players who have barely played first team football and they're into their early 20s. And you're thinking, are, are they going to actually, are they going to benefit the team? Are they going to be able to adapt? He adapted fantastically. He's versatile. He can play as a left back. He plays a left wing back. I think he's had a great game up against Dyson Maeda. And again, Maeda... Still in his he, back pocket. Yeah, Maeda may not be the, the greatest footballer, but as a fullback, with the way he runs, the runs he makes, how quick he is, how dynamic he is, he's, he's, he's so difficult to, to play against. So that tells you a lot. The reason why I've got him so low is that he's a great signing for half the season, but you've had him for half the season. That's the, that's the reason why I have taken him. But we're only at the halfway point of the season. I know, but that's that's it's, it's, it's fine. If he's been a great season, a uh, great signing to now, but you've not got him anymore, so you're oh, having to scrabble about, and you've you're having to sign Dara Costello from <laughs> uh, who was on loan at, uh, at St Johnston. So he has been um, Dundee, not on back, but Dundee have been penalised massively by this loan signing Liverpool recalling him. Well, I'll wax lyrical about Owen a lot higher, a lot later. That's that's absolutely fair. I've, I've, um, if if he was still at if he was still at Dundee for the second half of the season, I would be putting him certainly in the top three uh, without a doubt. But because he's no longer at Dundee, it was a good season signing for the first half of the season. But if you're going to lose a great player halfway through the season, what do you do? Boo for the second you, half? Joel. No, I don't, I don't enjoy just... that. Nah. That that's that that's how I that's how I view it. So nah. tough luck, Dundee. Mm. Who's who's your number seven? <laughs> Who've you bounced down? Uh, I am maybe I should have bounced him down and bounced Dimas Armidov up. And again, maybe this is the influence of my uh, counterpart. I went at number six. <laughs> no, sort of alluding to what you said earlier. I don't think it's cheating. I think it's smart play. I went Lewis Mayo. Okay, that's fine. I, you are allowed, you're absolutely allowed to go. I I, I made a choice not to do the uh, loan <laughs> signing made permanent, but he's he's a signing, so that counts. He is a signing, and he was good as a loan, but he's been great since uh, since since calling Ayrshire his home. I think he's looked really settled, really assured, really composed at twenty three, and that backline particularly when he's deployed as a, as a centre-back. When he shoved out onto the flank, not quite so much, but still enough to, to impress. But I think when he's in that, um, that centre-back position, he has uh, really, really caught the eye. 142 times he has won back possession for Kelly. It's most in the side. Derek McInnes absolutely adores him. Yep. He's, he's a leader. He, he, McInnes is quite publicly touting him that, uh, for, for Scotland uh, caps and, and many of them. Uh, he he's a huge fan. There's a lot to like it, and and it's, it's sort of what you said earlier. Like it's actually hard and potentially quite unfair to just pick you know one or in my case two Kelly players because uh, I I just think that it's pretty obvious. Just probably been the, the the best side to completely change or the the amount of change that they've had to sort of complete in the way that Derek's done it is is uh, is, is mighty impressive. But I will single out Lewis Mayo because I have. Yeah, so absolutely fair. If if I if I included loans to permanent, he would have definitely been in the top ten. I think he's been when you look at the defence or the like the defensive individuals that come on have got really good. A lot of them are very versatile, like male can play as a back three, back four, right back, centre back. He's he is excellent. He just he is is someone who I look at and just think that's uh 
I don't know if I don't know if Hearts Hibs Aberdeen would be able to to get him now, but he's. I think at one point, you, you, like last season, you're looking as if if he was available in the summer, you should be looking at getting him because he just looks like someone who is a reliable defensive a defender in Scottish football. And you made the point about McInnes and the, the work he's the work he's done after the big kind of overhaul. It's exactly what was needed. Yes. It was like last season. You're like, if as long as Kelly, as long as Kelly stay up, then you know McInnes is going to be able to put his own stamp on like that team in a Premiership sense. Yeah, he got had to get a team and get them out of the the, the Championship in a Premiership sense. He, he needed to uh, make them more in his his mold, his, his style. Uh, yeah, exactly. And you see it now with them sitting uh, fourth place that there was there was always that potential that as long yeah. as they stayed up. McInnes had a, a window to really uh, make significant changes or really impactful changes that they could do really well. And they have because they've got a, a very, very good home record. They do, they do. And now they're even winning at Pitodri and they're winning on the road now. So, my God, it's all fun and games. I was going to say, Pitodri seems easy to win at Hearts, but won there since about 1973, <laughs> so <laughs> shut up. My number seven is the, the, the person you have taken out and that's Jamie McGrath fair yep I actually I started with him a lot so further down the list so I think I looked at him as maybe a 9 or a 10 but yeah I went back and watched a wee bit of him today and he has done better than I expected him to do at Aberdeen Mm -hmm. just with there's his previous with uh, Dundee United and didn't really work for him in, in Wigan. And I just thought, is is there actually more to him than he saw with like with Dundee United? Yeah, he scored goals, but it was like free kicks. It was it was he was a very set piece kind of player. Ah, sort of like headlines, eh? Stylish. Yeah. And then I always thought he, he kind of played on like Dundee United played on the periphery periphery of matches and whether he was involved enough. I think at Aberdeen he's been involved a lot more and the fact that he scored all these goals have effectively come from open play. No sort of cracking free kick in uh, in Greece, but he's been uh, a key player and he's a type of player that every team wants. Goals from midfield, that you've got Miofsky scoring the goals, but it's so important that if Miofsky's not scoring, then you've got someone to, to back him up and he gets in some really, really good positions. And when when he's doing that from open play, then it's you, you don't mind him playing on the periphery of the match so much and if he's not absolutely involved in like the build-up play as long as he's getting into areas where he can he can finish it because he's a really really useful player and he has yeah I think he's he's gone up higher just because I didn't I, I expect him to be a solid signing but no he's, he's turned into a good to really good signing you, you used a really good word there that has managed to already Escape me. Uh, I, I, you made a very good point, and I thought, oh, that, that's the, the word that epitomizes him, and I can't remember what it is. That shows you how good uh, my memory is. But <laughs> it was the reason that I had uh, McGrath. I think he sort of just does things silently, doesn't he? Um, yeah. And that, that is why I, I, I did originally sort of have him in the 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 list, and it's maybe unfair. It's probably just because I wanted to talk about Matty Kennedy, and I didn't really... Maybe... I, do you know what? In fact, I knew you were going to have Jamie McGrath. That's the difference. But I think he's probably like his stats probably don't back it up but it's because of that that work that he does like you say just just ticking over in a game so 
oh, that's what you said that you, he's a sort of he's a sort of player that every team wants. And yeah, yeah. you're right. That's that was a good point. I don't think he's I, I, he's, he's never going to be like a really creative midfielder, and I, I think he'll be he's 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 quite just or he'll, he's the type of player have his his stats are going to fly off the fly off the page of the computer screen. Uh, just be a, a kind of just solid player who will contribute with uh, with goals. The odd assist, especially if he's taking uh, set pieces. So yeah, it's um, it's turned out to be a a smart signing from Aberdeen because you can't say that about a lot of their signings. <laughs> Absolutely not. You also can't say a lot of smart things about a lot of Motherwell signings. So no. now at my number, that'll be he'll move down to number six. Yeah, I will have uh, Mika Biere. Yes, I um I have him uh, one spot higher, so yeah, we're kind of in agreement there. Yeah, I well originally had him at five again until, like I say, apologies, Mister Celtic. Yeah, I well, if it wasn't for Mika Berith, where would Motherwell be? They'd be even worse than they already are. It was strange because I was way thinking, then I thought, right, did he maybe just score goals that you know? in games that they lost uh, no quite the opposite um, I was really really quite taken aback that it's only one of his 11 goal involvements going by my count and so it could be wrong but I think it's right have come in a defeat the rest of them have been crucial in either in, in gaining a point or, or a win and he I think it was, was it a game against Aberdeen was the only game that he scored and I think they got beat other than that they yeah were, you're right the rest of them all sort of came at either in a, in a draw or a win. Uh, and every point for Motherwell is crucial. So, and then I remember, purely because I, I'd done it, but I think, I, and I'm adamant it still stands, that his six goals have come from just nine shots, which is a 67% like conversion rate, which is just absolutely frightening. Six goals from nine shots. It's uh, I, it's mental. And I think the, the sort of reaction and the... the borderline meltdown of Motherwell fans in the last few days when you know that picture came out yesterday of him in, in Arsenal training or Sunday whatever day it was oh yesterday was Sunday uh, Saturday yeah. whatever day whenever he was pictured in that Arsenal training I think the fact that there was like oh my god as he left us uh, sort of just shows quite how important he is if it didn't already and uh, like the guy's got quality you can see that do I think that he's the answer to Arsenal's striking problems right now no but he's certainly <laughs> the answer to uh, Motherwell's cries of trying to stay in the top flight I don't know where his potential could take him maybe sort of bottom end of the Premier League top end of the, the championship down south perhaps something like that but right now he's very very important to Motherwell and I think he is uh, more than merited in, in this list yeah, I absolutely. I've really I, again. It was I, when I was initially putting the list together before diving into just off the top of my head before looking into yeah the games they've played and how crucial they've been. He, he was he was a bit further down, and then he's just like you just remember just how good he has been for for Motherwell. Is like you said, he's his his goal record considering the shot and the amount of shots he's taken is 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 excellent and that's because he's finishing his some of his finishes have just been absolutely tremendous Aren't first real. time different kind of finishes his movement is is, is really good he is is not like uh, you come from Arsenal and you think he's a, a very good attacking player who Mali will rely on it's like oh he's, he might be could easily be big headed and you're just like wait for things to come to him but there's that selflessness about him he makes really good runs he he, he wants to contribute he's i think he's he's created a lot of chances for 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 motherwell he's assisted them um, he had two assists in the game against tibbs one really smart pass to 
Theo Bear to score. So there are so many different elements to his game. I think he's a well-rounded striker. He's a good size. He's physical. He's mobile. He can. Uh, he's, he's quite intelligent. He's he's uh, his awareness and I'm kind of I'm obviously not sure what the the, the loan deal is with BRF and Motherwell, but um, if you look at Liverpool recalling Owen Beck, I'd imagine they might put him out on loan to a bigger team than than Dundee. I wouldn't. You look at BRF and you think, yeah, he can make the step up to uh, the same way that Beck could go from Dundee to. Uh, someone towards the top of the, the championship or a bigger team in Scotland, and I think BRF could fall into the same category. Again, the reason BRF's uh, uh, higher up than Beck is because he's still there. Ah, see, there we go. So Beck, like, again, reiterate, there's nothing to do with his quality. His quality is very good, but it's just the, <laughs> it's just the situation. The situation uh-huh. lies down there, and BRF is is my number five because I think he would have been. I think he would have been even higher if he had not been. Out for a few, he was out. Yes. He missed. He missed a decently chunk of games, Dead. and I think he could have easily been higher. But yeah, he's been a a very good signing for Motherwell again. Another team whose hits have been a lot less, a lot fewer than uh, than than misses. So you, so I've yes, sk- you skipped over one yes. Uh, so my number six is my other Dundee player and one of my favourite players in the Scottish Premiership, and it's Joe Shaughnessy. I just think. Every team if outside, maybe outside of the top one, two, three, need a Joe Shaughnessy because he is what? the he epitomises the reliability the of what you need as a Scottish centre uh, Scottish centre half. He is one of the best players in the league in the air, and it's I think it's no surprise that you look at Dundee and there's a competency about Dundee. I know they've been beat heavily a couple of times, but you look at the. They still don't have any anywhere near the worst defensive record in the league. And you look at their, you look at their the last couple of times they've been in the Premiership. Their defence has been absolutely atrocious. They've they've had guys in there who have not been reliable. They have guys in there who constantly make mistakes. Joe Shaughnessy doesn't make mistakes. I think he's obviously be. You could also look at Antonio Portales as well. He's provided something a wee bit different. He's been good on the ball. I think he's kind of turned into a cult hero. But Joe Shaughnessy for a team like Dundee, he was one of the smartest pickups that they could have uh, that um, they could have had. Obviously, Tony Dock would have worked with him at Aberdeen. He knows what he's getting. He just needs so when you're coming from Dundee, they had to have a big overhaul of their squad. They're coming to the Premiership. You just want to be just be sensible for once, Dundee. Just be normal <laughs> and okay off the pitch or with their pitch, maybe not. But on the pitch, they have largely. Largely be normal, and that's epitomised by Joe Shaughnessy, who just is just a very solid Scottish Premiership player. And yeah, I just as soon as he's just one of those players, as soon as they sign, I was like, that is a very, very, very good signer for Dundee, and just a very, very smart signer. He was absolutely mince at New Dundas Park in the League Cup at the beginning of the season. That's a League Cup, who cares? Me, <laughs> uh, that Rose got. Look, Owen Beck couldn't play at the Emirates because of us, so... Uh, because yeah. of that game, so... What a shame. What a shame. Diddums, son. Diddums. I didn't... I, I do not have Joe Shaughnessy on my side. I don't think... I don't think a lot of people listening to this would mean, oh, Joe Shaughnessy would be in the top 10 no. signings, but I hope I've um, explained my working well. And you, you certainly have. You've made a, a, a very decent case... case. Have yeah. you have you convinced me? No, probably but not. That's, no. Uh, that's 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 a me problem, Joe. That's a me problem, not a you problem. 
Am I then, what number am I on? You're on to number five. I'm on to number five, okay. Oh, am I? One, two, three, four. Oh, yeah, I am on to number five. Right, so I definitely can't say that one. I think I might need to move. I'm bearing in mind the name that I have in my head. So I think, yeah, um, the fact that I've certainly mucked up my my meat of placement, I will go at number five. I'll, I'll put Owen Beck at number five. So was he originally your number four? He was. He okay, was. Okay. If I'm totally honest with you, no. He was originally my number three. But and the more I'm looking at it, I think I will... I, I, uh, yeah, I think I'll, I'll go number three. I think I was maybe influenced by by someone else so yeah I'll, I'll put on i think i think at number five and not just because you've convinced me with this half season malarkey but <laughs> I, I think that the the other player is probably just just better you you uh, covered many of my points on on beck did i probably just want another opportunity to talk about him yes yeah, that is of course until he does sign for celtic and as i say i do find it very funny that he uh, missed out at the eminence because of picking up well, I, if I'm right, it was a silly, I'm sure it was like a petulance booking or something like that at, at Rose. It, it was a silly one because I remember everyone sort of going like, oh, like a bonnery Rose, like da, sorry, going like, oh, is this fucker coming in? Who's he think he is? And just sort of being like a little bit of a, a prancy Liverpool boy. But oh, if only they knew, if only they knew. As you rightly mentioned, I still think that uh, when he went down to Liverpool, he would have been taking Maeda out of his back pocket. But he's just he's just been such a, a joy to watch. Only Dan Phillips and James Penrice, four people, have completed more tackles than him. Leaves with the most dribbles from Dundee, 23, even more than Luke McGowan, who I absolutely adore. I think he's yeah. a, a, an amazing player. And I'm so glad to see him really doing it in the Premiership because we obviously covered him a lot in the Championship last year. And you always get that worry of, like, right, young player, sorry, like him, him and Lyle Cameron, who's probably just been more buggered about with injuries. Um, but you're like, right, will they do it in the top flight? But I think like Luke McCowan's just been an absolute joy to watch. And I'm so glad, but it's not a Luke McCowan loving. This is an Owen Beck loving. And he has created the most chances for, for Dundee, like by an absolute country mile. So it'll be interesting to see, like you say, the fact that it's only a half season thing, how they, they cope without him in the second half. But what a, what a six months it's been, or five or four, whatever it's been. Yeah, it's, I mean, he's... Um... He's just one of those players that, sh- like, after a couple of games, straight away, you know, like, this guy's this guy's a player. That yeah. is, there's not, it's, it's not like a um, slow burning thing. Like, oh, eventually, wins you round. He's like wins you round straight away. And then the more you, especially, I think Dundee fans will just the more they've watched him, they're just like, my God, he just gets better and better and better. And then you just appreciate little little things about his his, his game. So yeah, understandable to have him this high or even higher. Exactly, exactly. If I wasn't actually just such a shite bag and stuck with my guts. But I think I think I'll I'll live to um the opposite of regret. I appreciate the decision. So who's your number four? Oh, we're back to me. My number four then is I will go <laughs> Abdullah Sima. Oh shit. You've not forgot him. <laughs> I forgot him, yeah. <laughs> me thinking it was bad because I originally had Owen Becker ahead of him but at least I remembered him. I forgot Celtic players but I remembered Abdullah Seema. Mm. Yes, Joel. Yeah, I forgot about him. I, I, 
it was just uh, my. It was when I was doing the one from each team, and yeah, then I just is, didn't go back to. I didn't go fair, back to Rangers, which is fair because the the other one is is very obvious. And I'll be totally honest though. Why I did have Owen Beck ahead of Seema originally was, <laughs> like I say, the fact that I forgot the Celtic player. I, I didn't want two Rangers players <laughs> like right at the very top, and mm. not because it was Rangers. I just didn't want any team having that because we were trying to. But I, as we both were, we were trying to keep. It's one to sorry, like one to each team. So I was like, well, then I can't have two in the in the top two. But you you easily could argue. I thought this one did kind of speak for itself. Uh, and as I say, he could be he could be higher. He also never really done it against Celtic, so that's probably why he should be a little bit lower. But only that I'm actually going to I'm really going stato today. We got sent like this big list of stats, as you can clearly tell, and I'm just rattling through them all. But only Lauren Shankland and Matt. This is just so you feel guilty that you've not put him in. Only Lauren Shankland and Matt O'Reilly have more shots than him. He has 10 goals and he's not even a striker or a penalty taker. 30 dribbles, 11 more than Todd Cantwell and Slammers. His importance to this Rangers team really just cannot be stated enough except it could perhaps be understated by you, Joe, by not putting him in. I really probably could just chuck numbers at you all night, but I think yeah. similarly to, to Mitov, but on a on a larger scale, it's sort of like right when Rangers were really bad under Beal, like he absolutely was the the shining light, wasn't he? Um, and he was the the sort of the savior when it was it was really really tough. And even when everyone else is sort of picked up around him, he, he's still managing to still managing to shine. One thing I would say about him is that he's been he's probably had the quickest transformation of a player this season mm. in that he's the start of the season you're like this guy is rubbish now you talk about the um, it was a PSV game at Ibrox and <laughs> he stunk the place out but then scored but also scored an absolutely tremendous goal in the in what was the, the Champions League qualifying round which Rangers of course did not get through because uh, of incompetence especially in Eindhoven but from that moment onwards slowly but surely he became a really important well not slowly but surely very quickly became a very important player for for Rangers and he's I like him in that he's a wide player he's he's not really interested in creating all that much he just wants to get in he's like he's like he's like a striker who's playing it wide because I just want to get in the box I want to get touches in the box which he just which he has he wants to get shots away which he does and he wants to score all goals which he which he has done so yeah that is a complete oversight for me because yeah he's been he's been he's He's been an upgrade. So you look at someone like Fashion Sakala, who was who's a wide player, and he would go through spells. You're like in one minute, he's like this guy. How is he playing for Rangers? To the next minute, it's like he's he's devastating. I think Abdallah Sima is more of um, is better. Just he's better than Fashion Sakala. So they've upgraded on him. So yeah, that's uh, a complete oversight for me to not include Sima. How bloody dare you? You'll there'll be a thread on follow follow about you in about seventeen minutes. Yeah, especially when uh, when they when they find out that I've got um, <laughs> Jack Butland at number four. <gasps> what? Yeah. Wow, Joe. Wow. How did you? So what? He was he, he was three, but um, my um, my heart's bias got the best of me, so he <laughs> slipped down into he slipped down into four. It's wow. because it's. So my one to four, I've been kind of tuning and froing, and there's just there's I can, you can make a I think I can make a case for all of them being number one in terms of what they've had to do and come in and do. And Jack Butland has been 
has been so good. And I feel bad for putting a fourth, but there is just, just it's one of these things. Sign an English <laughs> international goalkeeper. I think there's always been a bit of suspicion around suspicion about uh, not suspicion about but, uh, Butland. Are we probably a bit more uh, frustration, disappointment that yep. this was a guy? Disappointment that was, was what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, a guy that came through. He was meant to be the future of England goalkeeping, and you you look at it in kind of comparison that he was probably the he was the one that you thought would replace when he came through be replaced Joe Hart as mm-hmm. England's number and be England's number one for many, many years. It just not happened for him. I think he's been kind of inconsistent is probably the best word to describe him up until this point. And that's not what you want from a goalkeeper. He's came into Rangers and he's just been absolutely uh, phenomenal. Uh, I remember texting, uh, messaging Adam Thornton about uh, about him early on in the season. I was watching a Rangers game and I was watching the thing was uh, Rangers Hearts, and the thing that really stood out for me was how good his passing was. There's a lot of like his um, his long range passing. On the ball, yeah. His calmness on the ball, yeah. And it's sometimes you look at uh, like, kind of look at him and go look at his size, and you think he's not going to be great on the ball, but he is. And he's he's in terms of the in the Premiership of goalkeepers is um, his long pass. His long pass success rate is the best in the league, um, with like sixty two percent, which is pretty good. Because yeah. um, the obviously the further the ball travels, the more likely it's not going to find its target, get cut out. And then he's done the basics. He's kept the ball out the out the net. He's made stunning saves, like world class saves. He's had games where he's kept Rangers in it. He's also had games where he's not really done anything, and then had to produce something something excellent. So yeah, he's been a uh, Exactly what Rangers have needed because they had their goalkeeping issues last um, uh, last year, and then you go back to uh, Michael Beale talking about oh, might give Ro- uh, Robbie McCrory a chance. This guy, t- night and day, better yeah. than Robbie McCrory. He's been an upgrade on what Alan McGregor was last season. So it was one of the f- kind of one of the few players who really hit the ground running for Rangers and gave Rangers exactly what they needed because Rangers and Celtic, no matter who you are, how much you've been signed for. You need to hit the, hit the ground running. You need to do well from the um, from straight off the bat, and Butlin's done that. He certainly has. That's why he is much higher on my list. We will get to that. So then, is it me at number three, or have you? is it my number three to go? Uh, or have you, have you done up to... So I've done up to... Yeah, I've done up to number four. Yes, yeah, so it'll be your number three then. My number three. My number three... Purely because, just to annoy you, I'm going to put Frankie Kent at number three. That's fine. I've got. That's where I've got. Yeah, that's where ah, I've got Kent. Okay, great. Wow. I've, I've, okay, I've, I thought I've you were. Some to, wow. Some to three. I'm remarkable that you. Wow. Well, now I feel I'm missing something really obvious, and I have to be. But you don't have another Hearts player, do you? No. 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 That's okay then. Uh, he has been Hearts' best signing, then hasn't he? I think. The thing that I think I've liked most out of Frankie Kent, and it's sort of what you were alluding to earlier, being like a team player, I think he's not only performed really well and, and been a great asset since since coming in, but he's really brought out the best again in, in Kairos alongside him. And I think you're seeing sort of the the, the Kairos like pre-World Cup because he came back for the World Cup and yeah. it was a bit like, oh, where, where have you where have you been? What was that that dipper all about? Was the, was the pre-World Cup all, all, a, all a smoke screen? Um, but no, he's managed to sort of 
come in and, and do very well himself and also bring out the confidence in his own uh, in his own partner as well. I think the people will, will much rather hear from, from you than me about Kent, but I think from uh, from afar I have been very, very impressed by him. Yeah, he's been he's been brilliant. He's he's the signing hearts could have done with making back in January last year, well, twelve months ago, because Craig Halkett got injured. Christmas Eve, same day as Craig Gordon, and then it wasn't wasn't seen again. Hearts didn't have anyone to take control of their defence and put their basically put their head on the ball. We could have done it with a Joe Shaughnessy back then, <laughs> but um, he was doing that we, as well. I know he was in and out of the Midland team. He'd have been he'd have been fine. He would have got us, got us over the line in, in Europe. But Hearts <laughs> really struggled last season, and I don't think it was any con- uh, coincidence that Kai Rose kind of you had to come back from. Do the World Cup with Australia, so there was always likely to be a regression, like going from playing against Argentina and France to coming back to the Scottish Premiership. But that's not really Cairo's game, and it wasn't anyone else in the Hearts defence game to be that commanding centre back who puts his head on everything, who cuts out, who just seems to be like have a magnet for the ball when the crosses come from out wide. Always in the right position. Frankie Kent has. Provided that because it was needed because Halkett not came back till recently and he's just came into the team and settled straight away. He's replaced, um, he's kind of filled Halkett's shoes and he's still, even with Halkett coming back, he's played right centre back, he's played in the middle of back three, he's played as uh, part of a back four. Again, goes back to the words I use a lot with defenders and what you want from them, especially in the Scottish Premiership. It's just guys who are reliable, trustworthy, who can win their aerial battles, can win their physical battles, can just do the no-nonsense stuff. He's fine on the ball. Long-range passing is not great. He'll, he'll, he'll just look to keep it simple, which is fine. Just just move it, just shift it, just give it to someone else. But he does the defend uh, the defending really well. He doesn't want to... You can tell a lot about him because he doesn't want to commit himself. He likes to He'll back off when he's in a one v one because he he basically just he just retreats to the safety zone box. <laughs> uh, he just wants he just wants to be there and clear put his head on it. So yeah, he's been he's been a tremendous tremendous signer. Love that. So we agreed on number three. Who is your number two? My number two um, is the man I forgot. Apologies to you, Louis Palma. I've also got. I'm curious who you've got number one, but I've also got Louis Palmer. Well, as my number, number two. one's obvious now because I've admitted that I had him higher. I'm more. I'm really concerned who your number one is. Ah, okay. I've obviously made an arse of it. Uh, well, I made an arse of it because I didn't have Louis Palmer. Now, I didn't like. I say I did not have any single Celtic player, which is uh, remarkable. As I sort of mentioned, I was just thinking it was Paolo Bernardo. But Palma, funnily enough, he's been quite good. He's not yes, so, um, because just uh, before you tell me about him, just yeah. because he was he was strongly linked with Rangers, yes. and then he was he was almost like a. It seemed to me he almost was, it was like an afterthought because you'd brought in the I think it was Yang Juan Jun and Marco Tellio, yes, a couple of white white guys, and you thought right, they've not really not really replaced Jota. And no. then it seems like it was just like, oh, we actually probably need someone else, so let's go and get this guy. And I'm, well, I, I think he's been absolutely tremendous. He's like, <laughs> he's, he's one of those players that you just look at stats like, oh bloody hell, he's 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 tremendous. Then you watch him, and he's just he's 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 on a different level. Yeah, fourteen uh, goals and assists. <laughs> and he's still not good enough for me. He's created the most chances for Celtic. Still not good enough for me. 
he, what else has he done here? What, oh my goodness. Wow, I'm actually quite surprised that he has the most open play crosses for Celtic. Then again, though, on the other side is Dyson Maeda and his crossing is absolutely non-existent. He has, he's had 40, what? My goodness, he's had 47 shots. Uh, only Matt O'Reilly and Kyogo have had more. I'm so sorry, Palma. I, I, I'm very, very sorry. I was actually, well, I'm really impressed by him. I managed to get to a game which, which is uh, which is rare. Um, it was at the Livingston. Oh my God! Before Christmas, and he was uh, he was absolutely magnificent, like right in front of us. And I think you're right. It's sort of that when you see him, uh, you sort of look at the stats and you can go, "Aye, that that that's very impressive." And then you actually see the the, the work and the, the thing that he does best, though, and he probably just doesn't do it enough, is like just work his way down to the byline. He, mm. he, he tires fullbacks out, absolutely tires them out. But he's he's constantly uh, just just looking for a goal, and you know that's not a, a bad thing. Um, but there's just sometimes that he, he he could maybe have that that better option. But you know he's still ridiculously young. The caveat, the one thing that um, you know he would have been number one if I'd remembered him, and if he'd done this, he needs to stop trying to shoot from corners. Now that I've said it, you will watch it. All he does is try to score directly from corners. He's always aiming for that back top corner. And it really, really does my head in. And it does my dad's head in as well. And he likes to make that very, very vocal. But he, he, is, uh, he is dead set on trying to score from a corner. So if he, he sort of cuts out of the game and tries to, you know, aim for the, the towering Liam Scales, who I would just wish was counted as the signing of the season, a signing, because it would have been him. He feels like a new one. He he would be doing he would be doing all right, but I think he comes under a little bit of criticism, and I think maybe that's why I, I, I oversaw him. I'm just trying to give any sort of excuse that I've managed to completely forget about his existence and his signing, or maybe it's that I thought he was already at the club. Let's go with that. That one sounds better. Baffles me that the the same player that I saw <laughs> in the five 0 and six 0 defeats to Hearts and Hibs last season is the is, 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 is spearheading on... the rate uh, the, 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 the Celtic defence. Yeah, baffles me. So, is your number one then Jack Butland? My number one is Jack Butland. Okay, the best goalkeeper in the league. He has been the best signing of the year, Joe. Who's trumped him that I don't have? So, <laughs> I've gone for I've gone for Mitov. Ah, oh, I do have Mitov. Right, that's okay. I forgot I, I had Mitov so long ago. I forgot you didn't bring I know, him up. I know. So the reason I've gone for Mitov is number, number one, is, one is yeah because I think it's, it's it's all relative because you look at Celtics what spent three and a half million on uh, Luis Palma and he's been fantastic. Uh, Rangers have signed a guy who was I know he didn't play that uh, didn't play last season but was at Manchester United last season. He's an England international. He's had a lot of experience down south. Hearts have brought in a centre back who has improved them, but it's uh, he, he, like he wasn't like a crucial player. Mitoff is a guy who's came from Cambridge. There was always it was always there was good signs early on when Cambridge was like, oh, that's a real disappointment that that have signed them. But St Johnson have brought him in, identified him, and he's been a significant upgrade. On to Remy, who was it last year? Was it like Remy Matthews? Remy last Matthews, season? yeah. He's been a significant upgrade, and I think he's been the best, uh, the best signing because he is looking at the list, being the most important player uh, to one team on this list. Then, than you could argue, BRF's probably up there in terms of importance, but Mitoff is uh, is the reason St Johnston. I love that. Their, their head was that. still above, kind of still above, uh, still above water, and he's been consistent. 
as in terms of just like as um as perform like it's keeping the ball out of net has been uh, tremendous. He's got a presence. You look at him and just think he just looks like a goalkeeper. He is um he's he's safe. He's he's not a, an erratic goalkeeper. You don't want a goalkeeper erratic. You don't want it to be inconsistent. Dimitar Mitov's not been that. He's been a really solid goalkeeper. Considering there was a couple of signs in the League Cup early on, you're like, oh, um, is he as good as Cambridge fans were saying? No, he's, he turns out to be better. He's been an excellent sign for uh, St. Johnston. And St. Johnston, obviously, have had a very, very mixed bag. Mm. and But their defence has been pretty solid by and large this season and the key to that is they've got loads of experience at centre back but they've got a really trustworthy goalkeeper behind it and I just think it makes a massive difference to a team when you have a good goalkeeper because it's very rarely that you're relegated from the premiership with a very good goalkeeper. I really rate that um, and now I'm, I'm totally okay because I was starting to stress that it was, it was on me that I'd forgotten someone and I think it's still on me that I had meet off solo and because I am never wrong I am going to blame Sean about this one because I am adamant I had him hired and he probably told me to push him down a wee bit because I am I am a meet off stan and and I really 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 respect you for putting him as number one you know Celtic Rangers they're supposed to make good signing yeah, they've got, they've got loads of money. They've got they, loads they, of money. They, sh- they, should, they should be able to make good be. signings. So. They should be. Uh, kudos to you, uh, Stephen McLean. Won't it? It'll be kudos to Stephen McLean yeah. for finding for finding Dimitar Mitov. And kudos to you, Mitov, for having to Google Craig Levine. Yes, absolutely. And uh, will we leave it there, or do you want to wax lyrical about Rangers, Jack Butland? Um... Thanks very much for listening to the podcast. <laughs> there we go. I think you you say, you summed it up pretty well. He for me, you're uh, just just so it doesn't sound um, imbalanced. He is the best goalkeeper in the league. His save percentage is seventy seven point one percent. It's a league high. If Rangers didn't have him, my goodness, whoa! Just eleven goals in twenty games, keeping twelve clean sheets along the way is is really really impressive. Um, if you know Celtic would be doing a lot better if they actually had uh, a goalkeeper like that as well. So. I uh, I I really really rate the the uh, the signing of Jack Butland, but not as much as the signing of Dimitar Mitov. No, no, it's uh, like I said, it's it's all relative, and St Johnston have done absolutely tremendous business there. Well, that's us. Thank you very much, Amy, and thank you very much for everyone for listening. And I'm bit, I'm sure going by the top twelve list that you will be in touch to say that uh, one of us or both of us are idiots and fools and why did you not consider player X? Why do you not consider player Y? If that's the case, start your own podcast and and, exactly. and rant, rant about it there. Uh, no, I joke. Just, um, you, can, you, can, you can message no, us on Twitter. No, keep listening to ours, yeah. Keep yeah, listening. Yeah, listen, you, met, uh, you, can, you can abuse us on Twitter. I don't mind that at all. Or constructive feedback as to why Owen Beck should have been higher or Dimitar Mitov should have been lower. But until the next time, thank you very much, Amy. Thank you very much, Joel. And thank you very much to our listeners. And of course, be sure to check out patreon.com forward slash Terrace Podcast because as always, there is a shitload of content going up. And I think it was I was listening to Craig uh, Craig Anderson and Tony's end of, I think it was look back at the 2023 uh, year. It was a tremendous podcast. And I think it was uh, Craig Anderson who said he went and looked, or he was roughly guessing how many podcasts were going out. I can't remember the number, but I remember Lincoln thinking, wow, that's a lot. So yeah, <laughs> go and check out. There'll be something there for, for someone. For it has to be.
And if they're not, then that's on you because there is a shit ton there. Yeah, so if um, if uh, if you don't like it, then maybe because you don't like Scottish football. But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll stop rambling. I'm really bad at this, so let's uh, let's get out of here. Goodbye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.